This is a Hot Pie Media original. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. H-E-L-P. Help. Better help. Now, is there something that's interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? You know, everybody who listens to Stop Self-Sabotage has something that they want for themselves that they are not getting because they feel that they're frustrated or they wouldn't be listening. They want more. And personally, when I first became a therapist, I went into therapy because I was so hurt in an emotional relationship. And I wanted to repair that. And BetterHelp is a place that you can do just that for yourself. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. Better help is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists as needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. One of them is Anthony wrote, Karen is great. She's attentive, gives great advice, and really makes you think about your issues so you can resolve them in a fashion where you are comfortable. Visit betterhelp.com slash SSS. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp, they are now recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. We have a special offer for you. For Stop Self-Sabotage listeners, you get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash SSS. As a therapist myself, I can't recommend them more sincerely. Go online, talk to them. They will be very attentive to your needs and they will get you the help you want. Hello, Vince. We are with Vince Pacente. Hi. And Vince and I have known each other for, don't want even want to say. <laughs> I know, it's been a while. We're talking decades. So. We're talking decades. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when we were both, when you were a different color hair, color, and I was too, but I'm still that color now because of modern technology. <laughs> so... You have been uh, an extraordinary speaker. I've heard you speak. You are so good. And um, you have had a fascinating life. And I want everyone to hear about um, your first um, book about getting to the Olympics. Tell us a little bit about how that all came to to be. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what put me on the speaking circuit, if you will, if there, there isn't a circuit, by the way. But anyway, we call it the circuit. <laughs> and the, the fact is, you know, I went from recreational skier to the Olympic Games in four years. And as that story unfolds, it, it, it really is about 
setting some extraordinary goals and how to get there. And I know you're all about self-sabotage. It's in a lot of ways getting out of your own way, <laughs> which oh, it is, is. It is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's so many ways. Uh, in fact, I sat in a speech in, by Dr. Lee Poulos. I don't know if you know him. Oh, he's I do. Still, yeah. Out of Vancouver. still kicking around. He's might be 90 years old right now. Yeah. Peter but Thomas said, is his friend. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Out of Vancouver. So he, he, uh, he said in a second of time, the conscious mind processes with 2000 neurons while in the same second, your subconscious mind is processing with 4 billion neurons, the B. So, you know, consciously, you know, your listeners, your viewers are paying attention to this. They might be intrigued. They might be thinking, man, that guy looks like the old man from up, (laughs) whatever they're thinking. With That's their conscious so mind is 2,000 neurons, but in the same second, 4 billion neurons subconsciously below consciousness. And so the ratio between the conscious and subconscious mind is the exact same ratio between an ant and an elephant. And that's the book you're referring to. I wrote a book called The Ant and the Elephant, a parable about how the ant first doesn't realize he's on the back of the elephant. Then he goes, wait a minute, I'm not going to get to the oasis unless I talk the elephant into getting there, the subconscious mind. And so the ant and the elephant have to align. And uh, the misalignment is that self-sabotage. The the misalignment is all sorts of patterns that are below the surface. But to your question, you know, recreational skier to the Olympic Games, the conscious mind could go, how is that possible? Exactly. 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 Which is, I think, which is everybody, I think is what everybody does when you say that. I mean, there's a part of me that goes, how did you, how in the world? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I'm human. I I had the same thoughts. Like, how in the world is this going to happen? But I actually call it the Yahoo theory. And and the Yahoo theory is (laughs) if that Yahoo can do it, so can I. (laughs) I love that. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I looked, of, yeah. <laughs> I raced in luge for a couple of years. You know, luge, the one man sled where you lay on your back screaming the whole tune. No, kind of like bobsled, but on your on a sled. Right. And um, so I had raced in luge, but quit. And at the opening ceremonies of the Olympics in Calgary, watched some of my buddies marching in those opening ceremonies while I was in the stands with a ticket. And there's evidence right there that we often don't make decisions. We, we, let me put it this aspirational. The aspirational notion of getting to the Olympic Games is one thing. But the big motivator was never feeling that feeling of regret again. That, that sting of regret at the opening ceremonies, looking at that ticket going, I'll never know. I'll never know if I could have gotten to the Olympic Games mm. in Luke. Mm. And so... You know, this uh, this mental training, aligning the ant and the elephant. Uh, I spent over two hours a day mental training, things like biofeedback and sensory deprivation float tanks. And there was a competitive philosophy that you may be interested in. It was because what everybody does is they they identify who their competition is and they want to do what the competition is not doing. I got to do what the competition's not doing. The distinct advantage came from changing that mindset to do what the competition is not willing to do. And the question is, what's the competition not willing to do? Well, look in the self-honesty mirror, and it's typically those are the things you're not willing to do either. (laughs) (laughs) So 
this yes. this opportunity to not working harder necessarily, but uh, working smarter. Yes, uh, was definitely the key. Right, right. And and when you were in the, I'm just fascinated. When you were in the sensory depra- deprivation tank, were you visualizing? Were you affirming? Or were you just floating? Yeah, no, it was it was guided. In fact, there's this domino effect from do what the competition's not willing to do. So one of those was I was going to the library and I was I found a an audio hypnosis album called Skiing with the Wind the album, but you know, it was an audio program. And I I then realized that it wasn't specific to my sport of speed skiing because I've skied at 135 miles an hour down a mountain, like 216, 217 kilometers an hour down a mountain. And um, so at that high speed, you have to be really dialed in. And so mental training uh, through hypnosis, I thought, well, I'll change the script. I changed the script, had an audio hypnosis script that my mom read on an audio program. Interesting. I had her voice in this. And then I took the audio hypnosis album and uh, audio and put it a uh, recording in the um played it back in the speakers underwater speakers in this sensory deprivation float tank so i had hypnosis overlapped <laughs> with a sensory deprivation float tank how many of my competition were doing that right none yeah they were going to the coach and say what do i do next so the more we there's a motto in the olympic games it's um a latin for sidious altius fortius which is swifter higher stronger uh, I added a fourth one, which was smartius. Right? <laughs> How much smarter can you compete? And so it isn't necessarily about that. And so I've done that with the speaking business. I've done that with the writing books. Mm-hmm. And they've resulted in the Hall of Fame or New York Times bestsellers, not because I'm uh, any more proficient at this. It's just if you approach it, with a smarter mentality of what the competition, the highest performers aren't willing to do, research and innovation and just coming at it from a different angle, it supersedes any kind of self-sabotage that could go along the way because, you know, there's, but we're human. We, we, we slip. We all of a sudden go, well, maybe I've lost it. Maybe I don't have it anymore. And so. Without, yeah. But you know what I love about what you said about the sensory deprivation tank is that you had your mother's voice. Yeah. Because when you're talking about the subconscious, you're also right. talking about something you've taken in in utero and every, you know, up, up, you know, for your whole life. And to right. have mom telling you right. you can do it right. is such a wonderful nurturing, right. maybe even right. corrective statements, whatever. I mean, it's it's that's the right way to do it for sure. It, yeah, it was just an innovation. It's like these tweaks that we can do along the way. And that was one of them. I thought, who better? Uh, and uh, yeah, exactly. You know, and it, here's a fact. You'll gravitate towards your current dominant thought. So my question for everybody is, are you the architect for your dominant thought? Right. Mm-hmm. Are you putting those pl- things in place? And here's a little hack that I used along the way. This is my cell phone. And uh, I would put gold dots all over the place. And these gold dots would represent, uh, well, in the case of the Olympics, my dominant thought was I'm the fastest in Canada, top 10 in the world. Because there's Olympic qualifying standards in Canada. At the time when I was training, I was thinking, well, I knew I, I, I 
just knew that in order to make the Canadian Olympic team, you had to be top 16 in the world. So I said, okay, why not aim for top 10? Because top 16, what if I 17th, right? <laughs> You're 17th, you don't go. <laughs> And the fastest in nation uh, came from, uh, fastest in Canada came from an interview with a guy who had a PhD in politics and sport. And he said, if you are number one in the nation, you will not be subject to anybody else's agenda. If you're second place or lower, somebody will have it in for you. Somebody will try to take you down. But if you're number one, you can kind of write your own ticket of how you approach this. And that's what I absolutely needed because I came out of nowhere and I had to be able to not have any uh, side effects from enemies or people trying to take you down because, you know, it's competitive landscape. And so anyway, fastest thing, I'm the fastest speed skier in Canada, top 10 in the world. And that gold dot was a trigger for an emotional buzz. And the emotional buzz is a thought that creates a physical reaction. This, this visceral notion of marching in the opening ceremonies of the Olympic Games was not only aspirational, like how awesome would that feel? That's an emotional buzz. Sure. But also the anxiety attached to that, this, I don't know if I can, this can work and if I can make this happen. And uh, Well, you know, one of the, one of the um, things I like about motivation and one of the definitions is that it's the push of discomfort and the pull of hope in balance. So you had to have <laughs> enough discomfort, which you'd had because you were a recreational skier and you were going to the Olympics and right. enough hope that you could right. reach it. And if you're right. in balance with that, you're motivated. If you have too I much discomfort, you too much discomfort, too little hope, not motivated, too much hope, too little discomfort, not motivated. Right. So you have to have it in balance. Ooh, so I love that, did. Pat. Wow. I just got my money's worth and I'm the guest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we, we aim to please here. Okay. Thank you. So you did it. You went to the Olympics. Tell us yep. what happened. Well, I didn't win in the Olympic Games. And uh, my exit strategy was to win, well, you know, to be top 10 in the world was the first goal. But after that came true a year before the Olympic Games, I went, wait, I could win this. Wait, if I win it, I'm a gold medalist. Wait, I could be on the speaking circuit. Wait, I would love that, right? <laughs> and so that then became the, my new goal dot was I'm the fastest speed skier in the world and the Olympic champion. Uh -huh. Well, in the final run of the Olympic Games, I hit a bump, dropped down to 15th place and um, no second chance. Mm -hmm. And bounced around for 18 months. In fact, it was as close to depression I, I just didn't even know what that feeling was, right? It was like, what is this feeling of uncertainty and feeling <laughs> down and looking in the mirror and seeing less than and all that? I was, I was really uh, kind of torn up. Yeah, yeah. But that happens, some, as we yeah, know. Yeah, to everybody, anybody. I everybody. mean, uh, mental health has been taking such a center stage lately. And, uh, and I'm glad because we're all human. And to... To go through that 18 months was tough, but here's a fact. A good idea won't go away. And I kept thinking, well, maybe there is a way. And so now, if, since then, you know, I started to do what the competition is not willing to do. Went to the National Speakers Association convention, looked at uh, 2,000 speakers and went, all right, competition, game on. Here we go. And, um, <laughs> and so on. ended up crafting a message around. Um, this 
journey of integrity, if you will, how, how to engage the emotional buzz, the gold dot, all these tools I used as an athlete that applied to the sales landscape and the leadership world. Sure. And then, uh, so rock and roll is speaking, uh, ended up being inducted into the speaker hall of fame. I think you knew that. Uh, I did. Um, Congratulations. Was, yeah. That's a very, wow. that's rarefied air. Yes. And, and I'm not dead. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell got, that. I can tell that. They got Ronald Reagan and Ogmandino and Jim Rohn, you know, rest in peace. But yeah. Uh, yeah, to be inducted at such a young age was just, I mean, it's just testimony that you can dial in. Um, but 2008, that was another hit. And then this freaking pandemic. <laughs> another bump in the in the downhill run. Yeah. 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 And so, as you know, I know 2008, 2009, I mean, the first thing to go are speakers, right? Yeah. Conventions mm -hmm. don't need you. Right. And, of course, the pandemic, they didn't have any conventions. They got rid of right. everybody then. Right. So um, how did you recover from that? Well, that was a good question because I wrote the book, The Ant and the Elephant. And here's something I didn't know until those setbacks mm -hmm. was what got you here isn't necessarily going to get you there. And I had personally every reason to believe that I could get through any kind of setback or devastation. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just... Uh, confounding. It took me years to start to figure this out. And when I figured it out, I wrote the book, The Earthquake, <laughs> which is a sequel to The Ant and the Elephant, because, you know, this formula that I used in The Ant and the Elephant can help an entrepreneur, a salesperson, a leader, you know, really develop their team and get them moving forward and exceed their own expectations. But this formula in The Ant and the Elephant didn't work to get out of a personal earthquake. In, this, in my case, it was financial. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, um, and it really was a formula that, that started with what I call grasp the contradiction. The, the contradiction was that I had on one hand, it's like two people driving a vehicle, holding onto the steering wheel, and, and there's two steering wheels. And that you'll never get there. You'll never get the vehicle to, to align with both people hanging on to the steering wheel. And in this case, it's the conscious and the subconscious mind. The conscious mind is going, I've been here before. I know how to get through this. What I just said. The subconscious mind has got all sorts of dialogue going on. And it's subconscious. And it could be driving in a different direction. And to grasp the contradiction between the conscious and subconscious mind that you truly don't have control of this vehicle. With that misalignment, it really takes us sideways and hither and yon because we can't get seem to get on track. And that's what I experienced personally. And what anybody experiences going through a massive earthquake with bankruptcy or divorce or <clears throat> cancer or you know something so devastating that it puts you in the place of, of being stuck. And that first step is to grasp this contradiction because the, it's only then when you let go of the steering wheel that you can seek the alignment um, and this alignment of the conscious and subconscious mind. Um, and, and how did, for the listeners and viewers, how did you do that? Well, I first had to learn this word called patience. <laughs> 
Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> to have Don't say patience. those kind of words. <laughs> yeah. Wash your mouth out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's just uh, as, as, as cerebral and as rational as I can say the word, I'm still going, what is this word? I mean, it just, <laughs> it's just this ability, you know, the trite way to say it is letting go. It, it supersedes that. It's much more of a um, an alignment between uh, feeling, letting go of those self-destructive notions, right? Self-sabotaging those, thoughts. And yeah. self-sabotaging. That, that letting go of that kind of stuff is easy to say, but it's subconscious, right? How do you let go of what's subconscious? Well, and so... Yeah, I have some thoughts on that too. <laughs> so go ahead. Well, yeah, it just took time. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on it because there isn't, I call it in the book, The Earthquake, I call it the solution loop. Um, there, in fact, the opening line of the book is there's no linear way out of chaos. That's a great line. And, great and line. effectively, you asking, well, how did you get through that chaos? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't answer it because it's a nonlinear answer. Yeah. But it does yeah. start with grasping the contradiction of the conscious and subconscious mind and seeking the alignment and then switching into a mode of, of staying curious. Just so curious. Is this possible? Is this possible? There's, there's an infinite number of possibilities. And then the next in this loop, this solution loop, is to get real creative. How creative could I be with this as a potential way out of this? Mm-hmm. Um, and so along the way, I was going, well, the speaking business, it's not a business, it's a practice. I mean, I don't make money unless the economy is rocking and rolling. So that's ridiculous. I mean, yes, it's lucrative, but only lucrative for periods of time. Yes, so, yes. Uh, so I started a company called Radical Safety, right? So does this work? Does this work? Does this work? And I tried Radical Safety because radical means non the antithesis Roots. of conventional, yeah. Yeah. right? And, and my audience were engineers and PhDs, and I was talking about the emotional buzz, and they're going, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, um, that was, um, you know, challenging. Well, you know, some ideas just don't work. So we stay in that mode and patience comes up again, just stay in that mode. Does this work? Does this work? Does this work? Mm-hmm. So you take action and radical safety was an action that I took to say, well, maybe this will be a, an avenue. And I was just, you know, there's, I heard this saying the other day, if you want to get wet, stand in front of a tidal wave, right? And, <laughs> and right now, the tidal wave, which is, is coming at us, is um, the next level remote learning, making sure that these online, cor- online courses, by and large, are boring. They're not fun. They're not funny. That's right. Um, That's right. They're not experiential in nature. They, they, uh, they're not energetic. They're just almost like, uh, you know, if you don't sign off, you get fired. You know, it's like, so, okay, I'll take the course. So I've developed a, a new company called Rapid Professional Development. Nice. And it, our slogan is called Accelerate Growth Anywhere. So Accelerate's part of the brand. Uh, accelerating growth is what I do, uh, and then anywhere. And so this new company uh, is the next on this path. Nice. And in the and we don't, uh, you know, Pat, we never arrive. We, well, uh, no, of course. I mean, that's why it's circular, right? You keep going right. around and around. And, and one of the, and just one thing I want to say, Vince, is you're doing your company, and you probably already know this, but from a therapist's point of view, okay, which I am. Um, there's enough content out there 
forever. What people want and need is contact. So find some way to make it contactful, to give them a sense of community, of, of, you know, of, of human to human, although it's not human, it's virtual. But, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I get, I get 854 invitations a day to some contactless content, and I don't want it. I'm not sure anybody wants it. To your point, it's boring. It's not funny. There's there's not a human person there yeah. that I can push off. I can make a joke with. So throw in some contact. Well, you're right. And those are two elements I, I skipped over, but shouldn't. We've integrated two things. One is that instead of when the user uses the LMS, the learning management system, Typically, they have to answer a multiple choice thing. Well, what's the contact there? What we have in our programs is they have to send back a video ah. did, of how they retain the information. So now this video comes back to the manager, uh, the person that owns that meeting. And so then that creates a conversation, mm. which they have with their superior. And then the second piece is we have something called lunch and learns, which it's not hands on for us. I mean, we, we set them up. We've teach them how to fish kind of, and then have them do these lunch and learns. And it creates this dialogue in a virtual setting so that they don't have to be together. But if they can be, of course they would do it together. Yeah, um, sure. So anyway, those are two elements that, uh, that we've added in to your point that if, if it's a sterile antiseptic, non, um, connected solution. Like if it's one way, which all of them seem to be, it's just one way communication. Right. Eat this, eat this, eat this. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Or don't eat this or don't. Yeah, don't. Exactly. Right. I mean, yes. And I, you know, I'm a big believer in groups and small groups talking and having, and having, a, you know, a small group sharing, getting to know each other. Of course, you know, I would be. <laughs> but, yeah. well, that's in your DNA. It's yeah. D in my yeah, DNA for sure. So um, so you've started this and, and, and you've written this great book, Earthquake. Big that earthquake. is, help me understand Earthquake is a way of, of handling those um, unintended, uh, horrible, horribly um, demonstrative in our lives experiences. Yeah. Yeah, we all have personal earthquakes. We're all seeking to, you know, break through from this setback. Right, right. And uh, and I, as you know, there's a gazillion books printed a year. <laughs> so what I attempted to do was similar to the ant and the elephant, <clears throat> but I wrote a parable. And um, my mission with the book was to make it um, Pixar worthy, meaning the storyline would stand alone. Like you, you just can't put the book down because the story is engaging enough. I mean, they go through an earthquake and then all these trials and tribulations happen to the two main characters. There's villains, there's the hero, the hero dies. Did he die? <laughs> all these things. Well, then what happened next, you know? <laughs> so to have, uh, the, uh, the story, it's called story forward have a book that's a parable that's entertaining to have content to have the reader go oh i hadn't thought of it that way you know to have something so unique that is a different approach to personal earthquakes that um 
many of those books are in maybe in a clinical fashion yeah. or, you yeah. know, <clears throat> Malcolm Gladwell does some great writing. I always walk away from his books going, so what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> I get it, but what do I yeah. do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So uh, I wanted to be how to infused into a story, infused into an, an, an experience. And um, how there you go. So that's, uh, it's done. It's coming out November 30th. Good. Um, depending on when people listen to this. Um, yeah, it's, um, I couldn't be more excited about this book because it's just such a unique experience for the I, reader. I love that. I, I love the marrying of, of personal development, of handling loss, which all those are, you know, right. and, um, and a, with a Pixar, <laughs> a, a nod to the Pixar parable. I mean, right. I, I mean, one thing that goes off in my mind is why couldn't this be for children as well I, that, oh, yeah. to help them through yeah. some of these things? It, 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 I've looked at, uh, well, the ant and the elephant, I've been approached by a number of screenplay writers and that kind of thing. And we never really land on, I've never been impressed with what I've got yet so far. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a timeless book. It's really kind of a classic in a way. I mean, it, it was quoted by LeBron James in sports illustrated and, uh, the Dalai Lama just gave me a, um, an endorsement for the, uh, the earthquake. So, oh my gosh, um, how did you, you get to him? I was in India, so I figured, and I met the, the guy who knew a guy, and I went, oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. What a risk taker you are. Hi, let's go see the Dalai Lama. Why not? That's wonderful. Right. Gosh. Ah, I love that. So, okay. So, it's a it's a parable. So, t just give me a little bit more, a little bit more so content about it. So, I want to wet my appetite well, think, here. Think about, think about the ratio of the ant and the elephant first. Imagine right. the ant being on the back of an elephant. It doesn't see elephant. You don't see, you don't even, you know, aware of the subconscious mind at all. Right. So you can be on the back of the elephant marching west going, I've got willpower. I've got decision-making capabilities. I know what I'm doing. I've got, I've been there before. I've got drive. I've got determination. I'm going west. And so you start marching west, right? And what if the <laughs> elephant has had it eat? Right. You're thinking you're going west, but you're ending up east going, how did I end up here again? So, you know, this whole thing with the ant and the elephant is the foundation of understanding that it isn't until you have alignment with your conscious intention and ensuring that the subconscious agenda is pointed in the same direction. So that you've got two thousand neurons and four billion neurons headed in the same direction. Right. Right. And that Which alignment is, is achieved in what way are you suggesting? Testing, patience. Does this work? Curiosity, creativity. Um, and uh, there's certain setbacks in the book that happen to the main characters, the ant and the elephant. They're called, they have names. They're a deer, an elgo, the elephant. And a deer is is um, you know almost stubborn in a way that he keeps thinking I've got this, and his mentor Brio, kind of you know as you know a good mentor will kind of go I guess you're going to need to figure this out on your own because you're not listening to me, <laughs> <laughs> and so these these setbacks start to happen. And there's one metaphor in there about the cactus and the vine, right? 
the cactus is going to set roots and just establish survival mode, you know, and it's going to be prickly and it's going to protect itself and be in this kind of cactus existence versus the vine, which is curious. It seeks the light. It says, well, where is it over here? Is it over here? Is it, does this work? Does this work? Does this work? And so this cactus versus vine mentality is one of the earlier learnings they have along the way. Um, yeah. And then they go through, there's another part of the book where I call it the mud flats, right? And it, it can be just hard. This, this thing called life. Sticky. Hard. It's sticky and stuck. And, uh, and then you try certain things. And so they try to get through this mud flats by innovating, right? How about this idea? We put little slats under our feet. Well, the slats stuck in and they can't get out of the mud flats and it's exhausting. Um, you know, that, uh, Scott Peck's book, A Road Less Trap, I hated his opening line for years and years until I realized he was right. (laughs) (laughs) Which was life. That often happens. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, what, what does he know? (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, life is the opening line. Life is a struggle. I went, it doesn't have to be that way. No, you know, I would push back. I got this. And it's just like, damn it. This struggle part is really going to be part of the existence. And as as much as our conscious mind on the back of the elephant says, it's not that way, uh, we're going to be, we're going to be hobbled. We're going to be, until we can grasp the contradiction between, wait, the subconscious mind is really going to take us in the direction until we engage that. And turning that around is uh, patience, uh, being able to be very, very clear in what I call the emotional buzz. Mm-hmm. which is that tension between uh, aspirational and um, the tension of uncertainty, you know, and the anxiety, if you will. Um, yeah. But that, that sweet spot of motivation, as you put it, that's really a great way to put it. You know, that, find that sweet comfort. spot. Yeah. And you're in the, and you're, and you're in the midst of a, a, a massive breakthrough. And then some people will give you advice like, um, well, just don't think about it. It's like, <laughs> Okay, wait, I got a knife in my leg and your advice is not to think about the knife in my, I got a knife in my leg. <laughs> you yeah, know? no, no. So well, that can be interestingly enough, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we're talking in, in parallel ways with different words, but um, one of the things that I write about in self-sabotage is that you have to understand the subconscious is that it's been programmed so early that, yeah. that you don't re- re- remember it, of course. And that there are literal, literal permissions from your past that are offsetting your conscious decisions. And if you don't bring those up, that's where you get curious. If you don't see that, hey, you know, in my family, everybody dies at age 50. And I believe that because that's what I've heard over and over and over. You start getting to 49 and you start feeling bad. It's not because you have to, but because this permission from your past has reared its head. And mm-hmm. that many times with success, that it, that we hit this emotional um, glass ceiling. It's not from anybody else. It's our own uh, creation. And that's what I would call when we hit the lack of permission and that we mm-hmm. have to break through that. And we have to find a new way of, of integrating, of aligning um, between our conscious and, and the unconscious or the subconscious, which is something we've believed about ourselves, but yeah. isn't necessarily true, nor does it have to be true. 
Nor does it have to be true. And, and the fact, again, is you'll gravitate towards that which you believe to be true. Uh, the tricky part is what's true below the surface, right? And uh, You have to bubble it setbacks. up, right? What? You know? I mean, that's what the earthquakes do. They yeah. bubble oh, that yeah. up. It, it, and yeah. then it goes, bonk, you know? Now, oh, whoa, gosh, I see that. All right. And, right. Um, and then you can right. do something about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's been interesting being in this position of giving advice, speaking at events, writing books. This is my eighth book. And then I had to go, well, wait a minute, what am I missing? Like, I, I thought I had really thought this is my sandbox. Of course I knew. And it was like, wow. So um, not that I needed any humbling, more humbling, because I'm married to Michelle. She, <laughs> she, she takes care of that when I come home. But, you know. <laughs> the, the, uh, oh. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know, what? one of the great quotes about marriage, it's um, it, it's a way of a uh, 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 what is uh, a good marriage is a way of creating friction. <laughs> a good not, way of creating not friction. love, but friction. <laughs> well, I, I, and you know Michelle as well, and uh, this this whole thing about Lovely. strong women and and uh, and they're, they're really a fun little experiment. You know, our marriage is now twenty five <laughs> years, so the experience working. But uh, but boy, she you know she wants her way all the time. Uh, she definitely is uh, you know kind of wants her way all the time, but she doesn't want to be married to a pushover. Right. So that friction just shows up all the time and it takes a lot of self-confidence in that. And, and I will add something you, you mentioned that ceiling. I, I it's funny. I, I, I like to term it the level of deservability. Well, I've, um, I've talked about yeah. your deserve level. I think we're talking about the same thing. Yeah, I think we are because it, this comfort zone is something that people can get and they can expand their comfort zone. But there's a way to expand your level of deservability to yes. have a higher level of the, the low level of deservability is easy. You kind of go, that's unacceptable. I won't, I won't, that's a boundary. I'm not going to deal with that. But the upper level of deservability where the ceiling is of success, that's one that kind of goes, wait a minute. I wait, I've got one too. <laughs> and that, uh, so this book yeah. is autobiographical, although it's about an ant and the elephant in the savannah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I could correlate almost every story in there. The vultures uh, that show up, you know, mm. the, there's a wolf named Chromia oh, that is this. just after story. you. I mean, yeah. so there's the, and it's the classic hero's journey, yes. you know, yes. Uh, yes, which we all are experiencing, whether we like it or not. Exactly. <laughs> and so exactly. Yeah, so it, it really is uh, on so many levels. Um a book that can be consumed. I'm just so excited to to share it with people. And when the publisher said we're launching it uh, November 30th, and that was almost a year ago, and I went, "What? <laughs> the book's done." <laughs> what? So here I've been excited for a year. It's coming up. How fun! How fun yeah. to be excited for a year. Um, yeah. with, and to your point, I just want to um, share a, a, a thing that I have written about about deserve level. And I think every one of us has a level to which we believe we deserve. And uh -huh. if we want to have more in our life, we have to raise our deserve level. Now, what does that mean? That means that we have to change some of our beliefs, maybe enhance self-esteem and, and, and bolden self-confidence, but for sure work on the permissions from our past, because mm. that's the unconscious, subconscious 
block, you know, Mm -hmm. to your deserve level. Mm -hmm. And if you get more than you believe you deserve, you'll do two things. One of two things. You'll either embrace it and raise yourself up or you'll give it away. You'll Mm self-sabotage. And even the great Oprah talks about this. She talks about how she can't keep weight off. It's because she says, you know, I get to a level that I'm not comfortable at a, a lower weight. And so I sabotage myself. She didn't use that word, but I did. But it is. And yeah. I put it back on. And she yeah. said, I won't ever diet again until I understand the psychological reasons why I can't keep this weight off. Mm. So it's an interesting, I mean, we're doing, we haven't talked about this, but we're doing parallel paths here, I think, and talking about similar things in different ways. But, well, you know. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, uh, and lead the way, because I'm I'm a sponge. The more you talk, the more I learn. So thank you. Well, you know, I, I believe, and that's what uh, our mutual friend, Peter, that's what he hired me for, because I'd go across Canada with Century 21, and I'd up their deserve level, and he'd make more money. <laughs> he goes, I love you. Come on, keep coming back. You know? <laughs> but uh, it, it it's an unconscious, subconscious um, belief system that we all have to work on. And And what also happens, to your point, is that when we have an earthquake, our deserve level, which we may have taken for granted at this level, can go yeah. because now we can't control something. Now we're not the masters of the universe we thought we were. So now hmm, we have to realign, re- reassess and buy your book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it, yeah, yeah, it can, you know, and to those people experiencing that right now, it, it, it's so frustrating to to come to terms with the notion, I have to do this again. I have to start over. Would you go back to being age 12? Would you go back to being age 22? It's like, no. <laughs> I mean, that was so, that was like creating yourself. Yeah, sure. It was, it had its time, but no, I don't want to go through that. I've, I've earned my plate. Well, wait, you know, you're, we, we are all going to have to reinvent or re-experience or rebuild that, uh, anything that starts with re and it's going to be, <laughs> Restart, it's going to be part re-live. of the human yeah. experience. Well, you yeah. know, I, and I think the pandemic was a, a grand earthquake for the whole world. And, um, and, and that alone is why your book is so, um, timely because some people have made the most of it. Some people, the rates of depression, anxiety, and suicide are astronomical. Um, so, you know, it's time, it's time for us to take on these earthquakes, you know, whether they be in our conscious control or, our our um, not our, our control, we have a conscious ability to respond. You know, we are in charge of our response, not the event, but our response. That's where mm-hmm. we have the power. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The book, the book, uh, you know, I, I wondered how to end it and um, <clears throat> I don't give away the ending, but it's, you know, I will. I mean, it ends on the, on the concept of hope, right? Good. It's not, arriving at a the next oasis which is what the first book the ant and the elephant is about because we're we're so um chauvinistic about goals and you know people here i was in the olympic games first question all the time especially in the u.s by the way is did you win right 
did you win? I have in-laws that still think I've won the gold medal in the Olympic <laughs> Games, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh it, you know it's it's this default that you you just have to arrive you have to win you have to be at that highest yeah. podium yeah and um uh, yeah i i heard a, a, a phrase the other day that i loved it said when you're young it's work 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 as you as you mature it's work play work play work play when you reach the really sweet spot it's play 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 <laughs> and i think <laughs> There's some truth in that. I do. Because you can play at work, you know, yeah. or I mean, you obviously love what you do. I love what I do. And that's play for me. When you were having a good time, you're playing, you know, I'm yeah. having a fun time in the sandbox with you right now. So right. it's play. <laughs> so, well, that's, 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 and play is a direct correlation to results. <laughs> By the way, Good to know. when an athlete is having fun, yeah. they do better. Yeah. They just do better. When an athlete is wound up and say, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? I, you know, um, they right. don't. Yeah. Sure. Uh, of course. Unless they're lucky. Um, you know, there's a, I forget his name, this, the Australian speed skater. And he just kept advancing in these rounds in the Olympics in, I think it was Korea. I can't remember, but he, he, uh, he's in the, he ends up in the gold medal round. He didn't belong there because he's not the fastest speed skier, skater, but he, he, he's the one that didn't fall because he was so far back <laughs> to all the people, you know, fighting and not having, you know, the not fun part yeah. of speed short track. And, uh, and then sure enough, in the final run, you know, Apollo Ono and all these others fall <laughs> and, and Steve ends up, this Australian speed skater ends up winning the gold medal. And he's now got a speaking thing called the last man standing. <laughs> so, <laughs> he literally uh, skated on through, right? He's having a blast. He's I just the Australian. So I love course. that. Well, Vince Pacente, the new book is called The Earthquake and it is out November 30th, correct? Am I being correct yep. about all this? On November 30th, The Earthquake, Your Journey from Setback to Breakthrough comes out November 30th. And um, you can pre-order it now so that you'll be really surprised that you ordered a book. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes. Oh, my God. When it comes. <laughs> what made me do this? No, we're going to put this on so people have some time to do it. So, okay. Vince, cool. thank you so much. You're such a such a nice and lovely and charming man, and I appreciate you being on with me. Thank you. Well, Pat, when I when I found out about this, it was it was an immediate yes. So thank it's you. a treat to be with you again. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.